0: This is Lou Carlozzo, the editor-in-chief of Quoted. With the war continuing to rage in Ukraine, there is the paradox of, on the one hand, terrible atrocities being committed by Russian troops invading parts of the country where no one is spared. And on the other, in Kiev, signs of life returning to some small sense of normal with coffee shops opening up over the last week or so. Yuri Mitsarsky, a Ukrainian journalist turned soldier, talks about the early days of the conflict when he and other fighters were holed up in a building without heat or electricity and the progress from then to the present time where he is actually helping escort foreign journalists from the BBC and other outlets as they try to bring home war coverage that's authoritative and true. Here's Yuri. Hello. Hi, Yuri. It's Lou Carloso from Quoted. How are you? It's uh, okay, but, that's okay. That's okay. Better when
1: when the, the people in uh, in Mariupol or in Kharkiv or in Sumy,
0: it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I heard about uh, the bombing of the theater there, and they had the word. Yeah. Uh, they, was it children? Was the word that was painted on the ground?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of children, there are a lot of women, there are a lot of uh, elderly persons in this underground. So, you know, we are, we, I mean, the Russians were doing the same way they did in uh, in Syria. So if we knew exactly what where is the place where inju- injured people are or where the kids are, we're bombing this, this place. So, you know, near this theater, around this theater, there was signs huge signs in russian that there are children inside you know someone uh took the, uh, the white paint and uh, and painted the huge white letters kids close to this theater. so the guy who was who who was uh, you know uh, throwing the bombs uh, from his plane he saw, for sure, for 150 percent, he saw that there is a sign, children, and he bombed it. You, they did it in Syria, and now we do it in, in Ukraine. We're targeting civilians, so I don't know what, what to say more about, about them. It's You know, it's, it's some kind of brute where, where you know, we're <clears throat> behaving just like Nazis, just like maniacs.
0: It's absolutely true. There's no doubt about it. Now, the last time I talked to you, are you still near Kiev? I'm in Kiev right
1: now. I'm in Kiev. We are still in Kiev with my platoon. We are holding the position inside with, uh, with the Kiev, inside the city. And uh, from uh, since the last time, there is no any changes in our position.
0: That's incredible. You're putting up a brave fight, holding off the. Russian troops. Give me a sense of what's going on on the ground. I know things have changed even since the last time we talked a week ago. Yeah, we
1: we a lot of changes. First of all, you know, economic life is um, is returning to Kiev. Uh, Even a week ago, you know, there is no any any coffee shops or any uh restaurants uh, uh in uh, you know in business. There are only few huge uh, supermarkets or uh, drug stores uh with uh, uh you know with huge lines near it. Uh, now as I can see uh the business is returning to, to the city, uh the food wheel shops, uh, uh the coffees, uh, the coffee shops, the restaurants uh, the taxi drivers, even the janitors are returning the two way walk, uh, and um, every day uh, more and more people can be seen on the streets and at the same time, at the same time, there are still rockets uh, uh, targeting civilian districts in Kiev, there are still um, artillery barrages targeting civilian objects civilian districts in Kiev, and uh, there are still a lot of saboteurs uh, um, trying to do uh, the worst inside Kiev, and uh, you know, there uh, is still a lot of da- there is no less danger in, in Kiev uh, uh, since uh, last week or since uh, uh, two weeks ago. So it's. It's the same level of danger. It's the same level of, you know, of uh, enemy activity around the Kiev and enemy
0: fire inside the Kiev, inside Kiev. Wow. Give us a sense of what your life is like. Are you at home? Are you uh, sleeping in a bunker? Do you get much sleep? What has happened to your routine? I'm living with my platoon. uh, We took
1: the position... On the second day of the war uh in one of the, um non residential building, so in some kind of uh, uh evacuated business building, so we took our position where I can't tell you exactly where it is because it's you know its it's you know it's a secret information so we are here we don't have beds uh, inside we don't have uh, any you know uh, any um, any real place to rest, you don't have chairs inside, you don't have, of course, armchairs, so we have a floor, and on this floor, you know, it's sleeping bags, we are all sleeping in a sleeping bags. Uh first two or three days was really horrible, because it's still, it's still cold in Kyiv, and uh, it's still sometimes snowing in Kyiv. And it was so cold in this uh, in this building, so i was walking uh, i was walking up a few times uh, at night because of cold you know because my my teeth are squeezing uh because of this cold, but now you know, it's much warmer now because the guy who owns this building uh, he now is somewhere in in our place, not in kiev, but we managed to to find him, and he from from the distance he uh, he turned uh, on the warm in uh, the heating in our uh, in our in our place, and also he turned on the electricity. So it's, now it's much better. But we are still living on the floor. We are still sleeping on the floor. But it's okay. Uh, you, you know, we, we, I I uh, I remember that uh, only three weeks ago it was much much worse situation, which it was really really freezing cold. They were sleeping. Uh, in all the all the clothes we had in the sleeping bags, but we uh, we could not warm ourselves. It was um, really bad. Uh, because I was a journalist before uh, before the war, and my commandments uh, discovered it. Uh, I'm also in charge of uh, you know of guiding foreign reporters who are visiting Kiev. So every day uh, I have my uh, territorial defense duties, and also I have my duties as a guide and as a fixer for a foreign journalist. So only an only, uh, uh, hour ago or even less, I was, uh, you know, guiding the British journalists uh, through our checkpoints, through our positions. I was telling them about what's going on and managing to uh, arrange interviews with uh, uh, with uh, my colleagues, with my comrades uh, from the Territorial Defense Units.
0: That is absolutely incredible. And was this a BBC journalist, or what outlet were they from?
1: Yeah, it was BBC journalist, and there are also a few other crews, uh, not only from Great Britain. Uh, uh, you know, since the war began, uh, today uh, today is my anniversary. Today, uh, I am for, uh, for three weeks in the army. Wow. And... Uh, from the from the third day or from the fourth day uh i'm also in charge of uh, working with uh uh, foreign journalists what at the time as soon as our commandment discovered that i was a journalist from from that moment i'm also in charge of of this of this work so it's almost three weeks i'm working with uh, foreign journalists it was dozens of foreign journalists from all over the world coming and coming. And I really, really appreciate them for, for, for it because, you know, we need, we need uh, them to 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 tell the story of us, to tell the truth about what's going on. So we, uh, I worked with the guys from Greece. I worked with the guys from Portugal. I worked with the guys from Brazil. I worked with the guys from, uh, uh, from uh, United States, from Great Britain. From uh, uh, from Poland, from Czechia, uh, uh, and I really, really appreciate them for for coming and for covering our stories and for trying to to do their best to help Ukraine in our fight for freedom and independence.
0: Absolutely, and to that end, I think the entire world is shocked. There have been stories in the American media about how the Russian military has just failed to advance, that frankly what they have done so far has been an absolute failure. As someone on the ground and within a missile's throw of where the Russian troops are outside of Kyiv, why do you think that the war has absolutely not gone their way so far?
1: Uh, as I know, as, oh, as I can I can be almost sure, they don't, uh, they don't even prepare for, a, for a such a war. I think what uh, Putin and the people around him, we uh, you know, we were expected uh, uh, to be greeted with the flowers uh, and with the cries of of, of joy. We uh, were expecting, you know, that the people in Ukraine cities in Kharkiv and Chernihiv or even in Kiev will be glad to see uh, Russian soldiers on on the streets of their cities. So we totally misunderstood. Ukraine they totally misunderstood Ukrainian people they you know they were expecting us to 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 see them as uh, you know as a, some kind of liberators as they called themselves they don't they don't uh, expected us to fight them back they don't expect us to to be ready uh, to to be ready to kill them or to die by ourselves but not to surrender so it's you know it's uh, I think it's one of the greatest miscalculations in the whole human history, and Putin did this miscalculation, and the people around him, you know, they allowed him to 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 do this miscalculation.
0: I have heard too that by media accounts here, that captured Russian troops have talked about they had no idea that they were going to attack. A lot of them were young conscripts. They were absolutely horrified. Have you had the chance to either talk to or hear about stories from Russian soldiers that have been captured? If so, what are they saying?
1: You know, it's uh, it's uh, complete bullshit, you know, because uh ukrainian Inter- intelligence service have intercepted a few hours of uh, um of telephone uh conversation of by these people these were relatives or their friends uh, in the Ru- in russia so while we're uh you know while we're um, ra- raiding ukrainian cities while we're raping ukrainian women, while we're stealing uh, goods from Ukrainian houses and flats, and we are calling their friends uh, to, uh, in, in Russia, where you know, representing them themselves just like heroes. Or they are, you know, we are just uh, raiding, uh, we are just raiding flats of these goddamn Ukrainians. We are here to to kill them all and to take all their possessions. But after they get into hands of the Ukrainian military, they just, you know, uh, just... Saying all, of the, all of them telling all the same. Oh, we don't know what we are doing here. We were told that we are going to some kind of drill. No, guys, you know what I'm doing here. You just call your, your mothers or just call your brides and telling them how brave you are raping Ukrainian women and stealing Ukrainian goods and killing Ukrainian soldiers. So please stop this bullshit. You are lying. You are lying all the time, so uh, please don't trust them. You know we're invaders, we're occupiers, we're murderers, and we're rapists. You don't need to hear them. You don't need to 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 listen to 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 their lies. To their lies, this is you know this is. The, I think it's the baddest people, the worst people you can imagine. Of course, we're trying to 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 lie to. To save where uh, to save their skins. Of course, we lying uh, every time we uh, asked about what I do in, in in Ukraine. So it's it's bullshit. I, for for one hundred percent, it's bullshit.
0: Yeah, it sounds like from your experience covering wars all over the world that this is by the Russian troops some of the worst, most evil war behavior with Ukraine. Uh, pardon me, with Ukrainian women, with property, and you know this because you've intercepted communications, and yet when they are captured, they become very cowardly. That's what I hear you say.
1: You see, uh, I, for for a few days ago, I talked to one of the colleagues, one of the foreign journalists, but uh, I, was, um, I was in Mosul, in Iraq during uh, anti-ISIS offensive uh, on Mosul. It was, you know, it was a huge, uh, huge military operation with thousands of people involved in it. Uh, People from all over the world were were trying to, uh, and were were making offensive uh, on Mosul. It was, you know, local people, um, Iraqi people, Arabic people, Kurdish people, there were, there were a lot of uh, un- people from the United States, from Canada, from European countries. And the, even ISIS, even these, you know, these bloody terrorists, they, um, they, they let people from Mosul and from suburbs of Mosul, civilian people, to live. They don't use these people, you know, as a shield. They don't try to, to hide... Um, under the backs uh, behind the backs of this uh, of this uh, civilian people of this ordinary people, but Russia is doing worse when you know they're just hiding behind the backs. We're shelling the people. We're sieging we're, uh, civilian districts, making these people die of hunger and uh, of thirst and of lack of medicine. So we're first of all, we're uh, this war this war of, of Russia is waging against. Civilian population. That's why we can and we should call it genocide. It's not just a war between one military power and other military power. No, we don't want only we don't want to 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 defeat Ukrainian military only. We don't want us to exist at all. That's why we are shelling. Even districts, that's why we're sharing maternity hospital, knowing for sure that there are pregnant women inside, that there are newborn babies inside, because they want us
0: not to exist, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And that's just a terrible, terrible situation to be in. It's evil that that kind of behavior is being shown by the Russian military in terms of your own fight to survive. We talked about what it's like to live day to day and how you've been making do in a warehouse with your fellow soldiers. How about food? I mean, how hard is it just to get basic food and water and things of that nature to survive on a day to day basis for you? Oh, we have anything, everything we need. You know, we have
1: everything we need because luckily for lucky for us, uh, uh, Kiev is not under siege. So we have connection with other parts of Ukraine. We have connections, of course, not by air, but by land with uh, foreign countries, with our friends on the west. First of all, with uh, uh, with Poland, uh, with Slo- Slovakia, with Czech Republic, and other uh, uh, other NATO. Uh, NATO and European countries, thanks to them we have anything we need uh in our platoon, we have all the food we need, we have electricity uh, our internet and mobile connection is still um uh, still work great you know I, I, it's 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 a really big surprise, but you know we have in Ukraine. One of the fastest and one of the cheapest connection, uh, mobile connection and uh, internet uh, uh, connection in the world, it, and it's um, it's still the best and it's still one of the cheapest. So we don't have in Kiev. I mean, we don't have problems. Uh, we we don't have any troubles with with food, with uh, uh, with water, with electricity. But in the other parts of Ukraine, first of all, in uh, in Mariupol and uh, in the places like Sumy yeah there is a huge problems there is a huge lack of uh, medicines of water of clear water uh, as i know people uh, people in mariupol where you know where are starting drinking uh, the muddy water right on the streets right on the streets you know it's just you know it's just the snow which uh, which stands under the, under the sun or, or just you know that's just some kind of rain water on the streets, uh, you're not know, just from from the ground because they don't we don't have uh, uh, we don't have any 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 source of water. We don't have any bottled water. We don't have any water in the kitchens or in the bathrooms. Uh, it's all destroyed by by Russian fire, by Russian bombs and Russian rockets. So here in Kiev, it, in our case, it's much better when cases of people from. Uh, from Sumy, from Chernihiv, from Mariupol, first of all, uh, from Kharkiv and from other places.
0: It's really brave and incredible that they are fighting to survive, that your nation is fighting to keep its liberty and its freedom. Someone who I'm sure must be a hero to Ukrainians, and he is a hero here, is President Zelensky. He got a chance to address the U.S. Congress and the reaction was absolutely incredible. I'm wondering if you've heard anything about this address during the battle and what your reaction might be to it, if so.
1: I'm so sorry. You know, I, I, I was on, on a position and I was working with uh, with uh, my foreign colleagues uh, and I don't have time to uh, to read in details or to hear uh, his, uh, his messages to uh, to um the United States congress but uh, for sure i know anything uh, he can talk i, I knew what he's uh, i know what he is you know he's trying to do his best and he's doing his best to uh, to protect uh, our country and to defeat the uh, the enemies of ours uh, so uh yeah yeah i know that the uh, united states is giving us a lot of military aid and i really appreciate it. Uh, um, for the Ukraine, uh, United States people and United States government, thank you so much, guys. You know, it's really, really, it's really, really important to, for us. It's, uh, you know, this is not just some kind of aid. This is not just some kind of, you know, of help and hand. No, this this aid is literally saving lives and uh, uh, all. the, you know. Every cent or every dollar is saving lives of Ukrainians. And you can do it. And I really, really, really like to thank you. I really want to to, to say I'm I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you on my, staying on my knees for what you have done and what you will do for things that you will do in the future to save the lives of Ukrainian civilians. First of all, to save the lives of Ukrainian women and Ukrainian children. Because, you know, we don't have by ourselves enough, uh, enough for, uh, systems, enough weapons to protect uh, our mm, civilian uh, districts from, from the rockets and from the bombs. So uh, our almost only hope is Western help. Our almost only help is aid from the, mm, from the Western countries, from United States and from Europe. So please don't stop uh, sending us with help. Please don't stop saving the lives of Ukrainian civilians. It's so, so big deal. It's so, so you know, you just, you just making uh, one of the hugest and one of the largest uh, um, step in the human history. You are making history. You are making some kind of incredible miracle for us. You are saving uh, every day and every night and every hour you are saving innocent lives of uh, people, of the pregnant women, of the elderly uh, persons, of our children, of our kids, of our future. Please don't stop doing that. Please send us more uh, uh, anti-rocket systems. Please give us, uh, for our pilots, for our brave pilots, for our heroes, give us more planes to protect civilians. We don't. We will not, in any case, use it against Russian civilians. We will not use use these systems or use these weapons to destroy Russian towns or Russian cities. No, it will be used uh, only for protecting our local civilians, Ukrainian people, Ukrainian
0: women, and Ukrainian kids. It's certainly more than can be said for the Russian military itself. Now you've gone through this incredible list of things that can be done. Wrapping up, I would want to ask you if there's anything the journalism community can do here that quoted, which is my outlet could do, what I could do personally for you that would make a difference.
1: You see, yes, Ukraine is now in really, really bad times, uh, and we need not only uh not only weapons we need not only medicines uh, our economic life is also uh, at least partly in ruins so if you want to help uh, to help us if you want to to do something for us please uh share the links uh, on the funds on foundations who are helping uh, people in ukraine Please share the links for for people who are, or foundations who are helping refugees. You know, uh, there are a few millions refugees right now who left Ukraine. My family became refugees. My daughter is a refugee now. My parents is also the refugees and they're in different countries. My daughter is in one country. My parents is in another country. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a lot of refugees and we need to help them. We need to, to do something for them. Even I started, you know, a GoFundMe page because, because I don't have, um, I, I, I lost a few of my, my jobs. Which was you know my uh, source of income before the war so and uh, uh, and i don't have money to to help uh, uh, to help my daughter or to help my, or to help my parents who are you know in completely foreign lands for them. so the only the only way uh, for me to help them I started a podcast in English and this will give oh, this podcast, I also started, you know, when you uh, go find me page, you can find it uh, uh, Googling uh, on the Go5 Go, uh, Go, uh, uh, I'm so sorry, uh, fighting uh, fighting for Ukraine, Yuri Matarsky fighting for Ukraine. I'm not, you know, asking you to help only me or help. Uh, if you if you can, please help uh, any foundation, please, any, any person who is in need. There are millions of people in Ukraine or in foreign countries with Ukrainian passports who, you know, who really need help because of the war, because of the death, because of the destruction which were caused by Russian invasion.
0: Absolutely. And when you mentioned your family, I was really moved looking at your Facebook page. Your daughter just turned 17.
1: Yeah, a few days ago. She, she turned 17 a few days ago, on 15th of March.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine what it must be like being separated from her. My daughter is 17 years old as well. She lights up my life, and I wish from the bottom of my heart that you, her, and your family are all reunited. And when Ukraine is victorious, even if I have to fly to Ukraine to do it, I'm going to come over there, I'm going to buy you a beer, and I'm going to bring you some blues records.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm waiting for you. (laughs) Very good. Okay, Yuri, take care. Thank you. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. Thank you so much for... For your help thank you so much for your interest in our efforts thank you thank you
0: okay definitely we will stay in touch bye 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 thank you bye